0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Craft of the Draft podcast. I'm your host, John T. Ralph Smith. I'm not joined by Nathan Seppi today. Unfortunately, he's out with illness, so we wish him all the best, but we've still got a Few things to get through. The girls had Talent League footy on the weekend, and the boys have Talent League footy returning this weekend. So, plenty of action to speak about. And there's also the big APS game that's on everyone's lips at the moment. Halebury hosting Caulfield on Saturday in what is essentially a grand final of that competition, with both teams currently sitting 8 0 and undefeated. And there's a host of Talent League players in action in that game. But we'll get to that in a second. We'll start Start with the girls' round 15 talent league action. There were four games. Northern and Dandenong is the first one we'll look at. Northern going down 5 thirty three to Dandenong 10-14-74. Northern got off to a strong start in this one. It looked like they were going to really take it up to the informed stingrays. But Dandenong were able to completely turn it around in the second quarter. And from there, it was played on Dandenong's terms. So... Meg Robertson was a key catalyst of that turnaround. Her composure really caught the eye. She took some intercept marks and her vision going inside 50 as well as her speed, which we know she has, was also on display. Sophie Butterworth finished with four goals, so it continues a hot run of form for her and she'll be looking to carry that into the Vic country National championships, no doubt, finishing with four goals and got a got a really important set shot and then another one not too long later where she got it out the back and was able to convert from the goal square. Ali Simons would have taken a lot of confidence from her ruck battle with Lauren Jatzak. Lauren Jatzak has VFLW experiences a couple of years older than Ali Simons but they pretty much split the split the battle and Ali Simons also ended up with a goal from a northern perspective Hannah Scott's strong hands overhead caught the eye Talia Plunkett we've spoken about her a lot on this podcast she was again strong with her clean hands in transition coming out of the back line in particular and Zoe Hargraves at stoppage was really important. Her exit kick out of defensive 50 a couple of times also was important for the Knights. Moving on to the GWV versus Eastern Rangers game. GWV really took it up to Eastern. We've got to give GWV some credit. The Rebels have been in really strong form in recent weeks. It was two goals all at three-quarter time before Eastern broke away at the start of the last quarter. They kicked two goals in the first two minutes and that basically finished the game there and then but i know the club was really happy that it was a different type of win for the rangers they had to grit they had to fight and they had to overcome the the high pressure that the rebels brought grace baloney is one who is really starting to capture attention she is averaging 16 touches this season a bottom major who was a metro under 16s level last year and is pretty well regarded seen as perhaps unlucky not to not to make the metro squad or be in that conversation but is certainly one that we expect to hear a lot more from as the year goes on and particularly next year as a medium tall forward she, Picked a couple of goals. Grace Babber's running out of the back line was really important. We've seen it all year, but in particular on the weekend when GWV were able to go forward through the likes of Jess Ranch, Millie Lang, Molly Walton and Tyler Crabtree, Grace Babber was one who was able to to rebound and and she's also quite good defensively, which can get overlooked in her eye-catching run. Georgia Knight kicked an important goal at the start of the fourth quarter for Eastern. She kicked two goals for the second consecutive week, and that follows a stint for her down in defense just to really hone her craft. Obviously, a bottom major still, she's got a lot to learn, but she's got a lot of likable traits as well. So they wanted to throw her down there and give her that experience, and now she's come back and brought some really good form to the forward line. And just to finish on that game, some positive news out of Easton is that Jacinta Hose has resumed training this week and is expected to play Vic Metro's third game against Vic Country. So that's it's really good to see her get her opportunity at national championships level. And no doubt she'll boost Easton Rangers stocks when she gets back as well. It'll be interesting to see how Coach Ash Close juggles that ruck. They've obviously got both Jess Vukic and Jacinta Hose who are in draft calculations. And also Indigo Lindworth, touching on her quickly. She's pushed her way into the Eastern Rangers midfield and doesn't look like she's going to be departing from there anytime soon. She's averaging 17 touches and her contest-to-contest running just gives Eastern something a little bit different. So although she's not at the top end of calculations this season. She's certainly doing all she can to push her name as high as it can get. Tasmania and Calder. Tasmania got up 4 5, to Calder 3 4 22. Had a watch of this game, and it felt like that Calder were always going to run over the top of Tasmania, but they just weren't able to fundamentally probably play their best footy for long enough, despite showing glimpses. And it was their their usual players that really stood up. Kayleigh Kavanagh, 21 disposals and 13 tackles in the midfield, coming off a really strong performance at Vic Metro level. She was able to bring it back to Cannon's level and and was, yeah, really important throughout the day. I don't think there was any period where she was quiet, so just a, just an important ingredient in that midfield. It's it's not necessarily the, the things she does on the outside, but she's able to extract and bring teammates into the game. Amy Trindade was also strong. Chloe Baker-West coming off that Mammoth 49 disposal game got 38, so she's proving that wasn't a flash-in-the-pan performance, and if you've watched her, you would know that she gets so much of the footy through her hunger and her high work rate. She's also very clean as well, so if the ball's in her vicinity, she's able to get it off the ground one touch and she did that again on the weekend georgia clark was the clear best on ground overall she kicked three of tasmania's four goals took a host of intercept marks and also got 24 possessions so a really strong performance from her and priya bowring and candace Balbin also played to the system and, and priya bowring in particular provided drive for the devils Western Jets versus the Murray Bush Rangers. Western were able to get their second win of the season, winning 5-8-38 to Murray one two eight. 8 Tamara Henry was the standout for the Jets. 16 disposals, 7 marks and 6 inside 50s. From a Murray point of view, we probably haven't throughout the season given enough credit to the role that Kaylee Cobson's played, but coming out of the back line, she was named best on ground and has been... Clearly one of their stronger contributors throughout the season. Her her left foot coming out of that back line is really important because she's able to make good decisions with the ball and execute by hitting targets, clearing the defensive area. And she's also got the ability to, to run well and put her body over the ball. So another impressive outing from Kalia Cobson and worth giving a shout out to, to Alice Voss, who finished with 16 disposals and 15 tackles. So willing to do it both ways. We'll move on to the girls' ladder now. Vic Metro Conference first. Oakley Eastern and Northern have all guaranteed their spots in finals with two weeks of the home and away season still to play. Oakley and Eastern both sitting on nine wins and Northern on eight on on seven wins rather. Calder have just about guaranteed that spot as well, unless things really fell apart for them. They're in fourth spot with twenty four points, two games clear of Sandy in fifth. Who are on 16 points, and then the Jets on 8 points. In the country conference, Dandenong and Geelong both have the 8 wins. Tasmania on the 7 wins. GWV in fourth spot, two games clear of Bendigo and Murray. Again, GWV would need a lot to go wrong with just two games left in the home and away season to fall out of that finals mix, and we know they're in good form. So it'll be interesting to see how all the clubs handle the community break and really looking forward to seeing who can stand up in the last couple of weeks of the season it's it's amazing that we're getting to that that point of the season where there's going to be teams that we're only going to see a couple more times so hopefully some of the girls can get some good footy under their belts in the community league break in the community break rather so we can see some Strong footy at the tail end of the girls' talent league season. Now moving on to the Halebury versus Caulfield Grammar preview. That's being played out at the Berwick campus of Halebury at 1pm on Saturday. And we don't usually go outside the spectre of talent league footy in this podcast occasionally. We obviously we cover the the national championships as well and, and we try to cover the the under-16s as well. So stay tuned for, for segments around that but school footy is one that doesn't necessarily get the coverage in this podcast but this is a game that we just have to cover when you go through halebury's names on the team sheet you've got charlie harrop as as the captain you've got archie roberts vic metro player a halfback who provides a lot of drive jesse craven josh docking only got one game for vic metro but has played some really strong footy as a clean outside player for sandringham harry armstrong's kicked Big bags of goals for Halebury. He's also listed at the Sandringham Dragons. Liam George, an Eastern Rangers player, Tyron Armour. We saw what he could do in the under-16s. Vic Metro Championships will be amongst it. Dan Pinter hasn't got opportunities at Dandenong, partially due to injury in the early part of the season. Then, obviously, footy at school has taken precedence. And Mitch Kirkwood Scott, also Sandringham listed and is going to be in action. Is going to play a really important role if Halebury are to get up over Caulfield. Because Caulfield, we know they're the reigning champions. They had the the draw, the really climatic draw with Brighton Grammar last year in front of a huge crowd. And we expect another huge crowd to attend Berwick this time around. But they've got a, a stacked team. Nick Watson leads that. He's obviously going to kick a swag of goals if he's played in the forward line as we expect he will be. Harvey Thomas, we saw what he could do throughout the championships. He's played VFL footy in recent weeks for GWS and he's obviously a GWS Academy kid and, and will play for Oakley at the tail end of the Talent League season. Ollie Murphy won the won the Vic Metro MVP, the intercepting defender. Plays a little bit of ruck at school footy as well, so be interested to see how he goes. He'll probably dominate when he goes in there, no doubt. Murphy he such a clean player Is a bottom age i expect he'll be around the afl academy region next year he's one who will go through the midfield for caulfield and likely get his hands on the footy quite a lot ollie greaves really impressed at the under 16s national championships this year as well so i think he's going to be one who might be a surprise packet for, for Caulfield for Talent League watchers who, who wouldn't have seen much of him. But certainly at school level, a lot of people know what he's capable of. Oli Warburton, a bottom major from Murray, will also be in action. Noah Uze, father-son prospect. Patrick Reshko, listed at the Oakley Chargers. Charlie Erhard and Justin Kroc, a couple of Sandy Dragons kids as well. So you go through that, there's 20-odd kids in action who are on Talent League lists and a lot of them in draft calculations and having played several games of talent league this season. So it'll be a really strong contest. I expect it'll be really high quality and I'm looking forward to to getting down and watching. It'll be it'll be a fun one and no doubt Caulfield and Halebury will both bring big cheese squads which will add to the atmosphere and add to the day. So I think if I had to chip in this one, I'd say Caulfield, but it's one that certainly could go either way with both teams being undefeated and high on confidence. Now moving on to the boys' talent league, back a little bit closer to home and what we're more accustomed to. We've got a few games of boys' talent league this Week which returns after a short break. So, Calder and Dandenong, Murray and Eastern, Gippsland and Northern, Western and Sandringham, and GWV and Geelong will give a little bit of a preview, something to watch out for from each game, and I'll tell you my tips. Nathan's also sent through his tips as well. Calder and Dandenong, I think the interesting one to watch here from Calder will be how does the forward line dynamic look. Jordan Croft will again be the focal point having returned from Vic Metro duties, and he was obviously one of several who was strong in that Vic Metro team up forward, but he'll be the the clear standout. There won't be the Logan Morrises and the Riley Wetherills, Braden Laplanche, obviously all all around him it will be it will be him and, and he'll be the one that will be targeted and how he goes with that will be interesting will will call to be able to still use the likes of amin Naeem, who has been really strong throughout the year will be will be an interesting watch I'm sure they will because we saw at the start of the season that everyone was able to contribute but how he covers the ground as well will will be a good watch because he certainly boosted his stocks throughout the The national championships with his athleticism and ability to get up high from a dandelion point of view i'd love to see billy wilson recapture his entertaining best for a consistent block he he did it in patches throughout the championships. we probably haven't seen a, a really strong 25 30 possession game from him for a little while so i'd love to see that from him and for him to do that for a couple of weeks in a row to prove how good he is off halfback i do think he's one of the better halfbacks in this year's draft crop I'm going to pick Nong for this one. Nathan tells me he's he thinks the Cord Cannons are going to get up, so we'll have to keep a close eye on that one being played at Highgate Recreation Reserve. Murray and Easton. Nathan tells me that he thinks Murray get up in this one. I tend to think that Easton will be too strong. Obviously, they've got a few players returning from Vic Metro Judy, Josh Smiley. Rayne LaPlanche, Riley Weatherall also played a game, and then we know that Nick Watson won't be in action because of the school footy clash that we just spoke about. From an Eastern point of view, though, I think the reason that I'm looking forward to, to watching this one and hearing other people's thoughts on it as well is the Eastern defence probably consists of a fair few players who are among the better defenders or the more known, more reputable defenders in the league to miss Vic Metro selection, Cooper Trembath, one in particular, who started the season really strongly, takes intercept marks really well, one ninety-two centimeters and engages physically. He's a strong boy, and did really well against Sandringham. Did really well against the Brisbane Lions Academy, but would love to see him put it together for a more a more sustained period. So I think this is going to be the start of some strong form from him, or I certainly hope so. Remy McLean, Tyson Shrook and Josh Tovey, some others around that mark in the Edgerton defence to keep an eye on. From a Murray perspective, obviously Conor Sullivan will be back in action and that'll be really exciting given he won the allies MVP and had a really strong championships but the one I'm really looking forward to seeing is Phoenix Gothard we've spoken about him a little bit on this podcast and he really matches I think what this podcast seeks to uncover and reveal in terms of under the radar prospects he's one that started the season there were people at Murray who were quite high on his potential thought he had a Pretty high ceiling, but from an external point of view, he was probably coming from a little way back. He showed at the start of the Talent League season that he's got a good step and he's good overhead. He's got the traits he want in a small forward and then went to allies level and probably took his footy to another level when he was playing with those better players. So now coming back to Talent League level, is he able to maintain that form? His goal sense is outstanding and he he is really smart when he's inside 50. So he gets his hands on the footy. I expect he'll kick. He'll kick some bags in the last month or so of the season and it'll be interesting to see whether he can do it against Eastern. Like we say, they've got a really strong defence. Gippsland to Northern. Nathan tells me he thinks Northern are going to get up in this one and I think think that I probably tend to agree with him. Um, How their last month goes Northern is going to be really interesting. Not necessarily this game and... Perhaps not next game either, but after that, how Northern go in terms of team synergy and how they can use that to their advantage will be an intriguing watch with private schoolers coming back and boosting the likes of Sandy and Oakley and Eastern and these sort of teams who we know are probably more highly regarded when it comes to on a year-on-year Basis Obviously, Sandy and Oakley in particular tend to have a lot more players drafted than Northern. However, Northern have been able to maintain a core group throughout the majority of the year. So perhaps that'll work in their favour when they do take on some more highly touted teams as the year goes on. But that's one to certainly keep an eye on. And this is another one of those wins that they just need to bag to keep themselves around that top three mark. For Gippsland, Archer Reid is one I'm really looking forward to seeing. He's had a lot of potential, and that's been talked about for a very long time. He started to really deliver on that in the last month. He obviously kicked four goals for Gippsland in one of their recent games, and then at Vic Country level in the last couple of games, he was really strong with his overhead marking. Had the matchup on Ollie Murphy and and came out, Perhaps not on top, but it was certainly an intriguing matchup. So he's starting to really deliver on what people know he has. Obviously, the brother of Essendon, Zach. Weston and Sandringham. For Sandringham, I'm interested to see the dynamic of Archer May, Cal Shadia and Luke Lloyd. Archer May, obviously, Richmond VFL listed and Luke Lloyd having played with Frankston on the weekend and he'll be much better for the run, no doubt. And he's certainly put his name around that second to third round calculations with his his overhead marking. He's averaging more marks than just about anyone else in the league. He's got such strong hands overhead, but they've also got Miles Enders and Charlie Harrop to return once school footy finishes. So you can't play five key forwards and those those five, although Enders is a little bit undersized and Charlie Harrop isn't necessarily a key forward, they're both very good overhead and you probably need to find a way to get a couple of ground-level forwards in there as well. So one of those or two of those will have to either come out of the team or find a different position. So there'll certainly be some pressure on to perform in order to, for them to be able to play their primary position when it comes to the back end of the season for Sandringham, and I've liked what I've seen from all of them. So it's not a challenge I would enjoy if I was coach Rob Harding, but that's what it's all about. So that's one to keep an eye on. I think Sandringham get up in this one, and so does Nathan. But from a Western perspective, Luca Grego, he got a run with Vic Metro a couple of weeks ago in the third game against WA. He's averaging 18 disposals this season, and there's lots of talk from the Jets about his professionalism. Be really keen to see if he's able to maintain that form and push his name up even further as the season goes on. We've obviously got four matches to go, perhaps a few more if Western are able to make a run in finals. But he's one who may make the AFL Academy, may not. But he's going to be the one that everyone's talking about from the Jets next year. So it'd be good for him to continue to maintain that form and even build on it. He can play in defense, he can play through the midfield, and you will probably get a little bit of a go in both areas for the Jets in the last few games, particularly down in defense. I, I really like what I've seen from him down there. So just one to watch. And GWV and Geelong, Nathan believes GWV will be too good in this one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Geelong. I I really think that they've got just a little bit more depth than GWV. From a GWV perspective, Oscar Gorth is the story that we've spoken about at length on the podcast so far. So really keen to see what he can do, whether he can continue to push his case. Obviously had the hard match up on Jed Walter and kept him to just one mark when the pair were matched up on each other. He could get the role on Michael Rudd which would be which would be a really interesting one to watch. They're they're pretty similar when it comes to size. Oscar Gorth is able to engage physically. He's a pretty strong boy, so that's that's one name for GWV watchers to keep an eye on. They've obviously got the likes of George Stevens and Lamont Lowell who are already in that draft discussion, but Oscar Gorth is certainly pushing his name to try to get to that next level and he couldn't have done much more so far off the back of two pretty strong performances for Vic country. And from a Geelong perspective, just a couple to keep an eye on, Tobin Murray and Pat Hughes didn't quite make the Vic Country squad, but they'll be keen to show something in that last month of the season to catch recruiters. eye. Tobin Murray's work rate catches me every time when I watch Geelong, his ability to continue to provide for teammates and also get multiple possessions in a chain. Often there's a lot of unrewarded running that he does as well. So keep an eye on him and I'd love to know his GPS numbers at Geelong because his fitness must be through the roof. Pat Hughes, we know how good he is on the inside. He'll be looking to show his outside weapons to prove that he's got that as well to recruiters. So just a couple to keep an eye on from Geelong to that are still around the mark despite not playing in the national championships. The tipping at the moment, I sit one ahead of Nathan, 101 to 100. Nathan sits five ahead of me in the boys and I sit six ahead of him in the girls. So... Just to recap the boys' ladder, Northern, Sandringham and Tassie currently occupy the top three spots. So Northern and Sandringham both on 32 points, Tassie on 28 points. Then there's a real logjam. It's a little bit like the AFL ladder through the middle. Calder, Geelong and GWV all on 24 points, Bendigo and Eastern on 20, Dandenong, Western, and Gippsland on 16, Oakley on 12 and Murray on 8. So we know everyone will get at least one game outside of the home and away season with the World Card Round prior to finals. But teams will be keen to finish as high as they can with the top three obviously having the week off and those towards the top of the ladder playing those towards the bottom of the ladder so seedings will become important meaning there is a lot of currency on every game remaining in this boys fixture not just from a individual perspective for players to push their draft stocks but also from a team perspective and we know how important playing those extra games towards the back end of the season can be when it comes to getting that extra time in front of recruiters eyes So certainly some action to look forward to in the next couple of weeks from the Boys Talent League. We take a little bit of a break from the girls and we have some school footy to keep an eye on as well. It's exciting times at the moment in the talent league and in the talent pathway industry. Thanks for tuning in to this episode again. We hope Nathan Seppi can join us for the next episode. I've got no doubt he'll be keen to get back. There's so much to review. But for now, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for joining me.